welcome back to Trinus Magnus, Jab's Reality, presented by Two True Freaks. I'm your host, Magnus, and what I do is I talk about comics, movies, and TV shows. And the reason for that, kiddies, is because I pirated quite a lot of those things over the years, and so the act of doing so, I thought, gave me a pretty decent perspective on comics, movies, and TV shows. And it's, in fact, that's the thing that I actually wanted to talk about today. Not so much comics, movies, and TV shows, you understand, but file sharing, all right? Now, before I get going too far into this, one of the things that I want to make clear up front is that I'm very well aware of the fact that the very first episode of Two True Freaks addressed this very subject, right? And for those of you who have never heard it, I do recommend actually going out and listening to it, get that episode, and and give it a spin. It's worth listening to, I think, no matter which side of this discussion you find yourself coming down on. But I guess in a nutshell, the, the fastest way to summarize that episode is, is, is to say that broadly, okay, not necessarily absolutely, but in a very general sense, the hosts of Two True Freaks are not necessarily opposed to file sharing, put it that way, right? So they nuance their position a lot more than just that. So that's why I advise you to go out and listen to that show. But my point in bringing all this up to begin with is saying I'm very well aware of the fact that that episode exists. And in fact, so well aware am I of that, that it was important to me that I clear the air with, uh, well, specifically with Scott Gardner up front, right? I basically, you know, I, I, I got in touch with him and I'm basically what I'm trying to do is I, I'm trying to find a way of not saying that I asked for permission because it wasn't really like that type of a discussion. But I told him I was thinking about uh, talking about file sharing as a special episode of Trinus Magnus Jab's reality, and I wanted him to to be very clear on the fact that none of this is intended to be a, a slam on him or on Chris or anything like that. I'm not I'm not trying to be you know passive aggressive or or anything like that. I, it, it, it's important to me that he understand that you know basically I'm not trying to be an asshole is pretty much what it comes down to. So I uh, basically told him not necessarily exactly what I plan to say, but just kind of the broad strokes of it. And surprise, surprise, at least to me, he he replied saying that he's actually kind of interested in hearing what I've got to say, but sure, go right ahead, no big deal. So one of the things that I made clear to him is that, you know, even if he's okay with me talking about this, I may or may not actually talk about it. But I was sitting at work earlier today, and I guess maybe I should have been working, but instead I was thinking about this. And so I thought, you know, maybe I should, maybe I should talk about this. So first, a little bit of backstory. Guys, arguably people my age, definitely younger, but people my age were kind of, I would say the early onset of the file sharing generation, right? I remember, you know, MP3s making it big, you know, and hitting the scene in, to my memory, it was 1998 and in through there that... People actually started talking about these things. Wow, MP3s. You can go to certain dark corners of the internet and you can download a song by whoever totally for free. And it was kind of a, 
it was kind of a mind bender, you know, because it's easy to forget about it now. But guys, you got to understand the the dominant form of music distribution once upon a time in the dark days of 1998 was CDs. They, I think, were by far the most popular format for music distribution. There, there was no serious competition. I mean, yeah, even back then, vinyl had a lot of aficionados behind it, but most people, when they got music, if they were going to pay for it, they would buy a CD. It's pretty much that simple. Now, having said all of that, I had a little bit of a... It, nothing to write home about, but I did have a small vinyl collection that I started building up when I was in high school, but maybe that's another subject for another day. The point is, these overpriced pieces of plastic at one time, this was the backbone of the music industry, right? And you didn't exactly need to have a degree in economics to figure out that MP3s are a serious game changer, you know? You don't really see a whole lot of uh, competition these days in the, let me think, in the field of uh, horse and buggy construction. There's just not a whole lot of demand for, for horse-drawn carri uh, carriages, right? Why? Because there was a time when horse-drawn carriages were cutting edge. And then there was a day when they stopped being cutting edge. And it may... I, I think looking back at it, you know, it may have taken some people some time to realize just how big a change, you know, cars and whatnot really posed. Uh, but whatever, I'm rambling. The point is, unlike horse-drawn carriages, you didn't need to be some kind of a fucking genius to figure out, holy hell, the world, in some small way, at the very least, the world just changed, right? Now, guys, I've said before, if you think I'm bad now, you really should have seen me when I was a teenager, because I was a stupid teenager. And as stupid as I was as a teenager, I was a really stupid kid. But I wasn't so stupid that I didn't understand that I'm looking the future right in the eye, right? Everybody knew, you know? This wasn't a secret to anybody except the fucking music industry. Now, flash forward, and it would be safe to say that over the years I had accumulated quite a lot of uh, illegitimate stuff, one might say. Various and sundry movies, TV shows, albums, and all that fun stuff, right? And I'd like to think I had some, some pretty obscure stuff. I mean, you know, there's the obvious, you know, like pop music type stuff, but there are some other things too. You know, um, my justification for believing in file sharing, as I did back, back in the old days, was that it's it's a really neat way of experimenting with music that you might not hear otherwise. And Prosecution's Exhibit A, at least for me, is always going to be the band Guster. I would never, ever have heard of Guster or heard any of their music if it hadn't been for uh, file sharing, you know? And because of the fact that this stuff is free, in quotation marks, it's free, because of the fact that, at the very least, you're not paying for this stuff, you can sample all different kinds of stuff. And guys, when I was a teenager and into my 20s and whatnot, I was kind of a music junkie. And it's strange to think that somebody who has absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely no musical aptitude, like me, is as obsessed with music as I was. But I was, you know, I loved music. And 
I had, like I say, the usual run of like, you know, pop music and stuff like that, but I also had some kind of off the beaten path stuff <clears throat> as well. Like, uh, I don't know why my throat gets dry every time I start podcasting. It pisses me off. One minute. All right. <clears throat> Just wanted to get a sip on my Dr. Pepper. Um, uh, basically, I, uh, I had some stuff that was a little bit more off the beaten path, as I say, stuff like uh, uh, Guster and whatnot. Uh, there was uh, Something for Kate. I, I was a pretty big Something for Kate fan. And, you know, on and on and on. You know, the list, the list just goes on. Um, Apocalyptica, Explosions in the Sky. Um, I, there's one band I'm going to circle back to in just a moment, but there's one band uh, in that whole post-rock scene that I never would have thought to give the time of day to back when I was in high school, but because of the beauties of file sharing and discovering the whole po uh, post-rock type of genre, and you know you know what I'm talking about, that sludge type stuff, post-rock type stuff, you know, just discovering that whole genre, it was, uh, I actually found quite a few bands that way, one of which is going to come up again here in just a moment, but that was pretty much where I was coming from, you know, um, I had the usual run of, you know, popular stuff, and then I had stuff that was a little bit more off the beaten path. I also had some really just, guys, I'm not going to lie to you, just some fucking weird stuff, you know? One of the things that I've always kind of liked is, and you can blame Led Zeppelin for this, I suppose, but I always kind of had kind of an interest in Middle Eastern music. I think that stuff is just hypnotic to listen to, and there's a, there's a cadence to it, there's a rhythm. I, again, I mean, I, I'm musically retarded so i'm not the guy to explain to you why it is that i i, I kind of like this as a genre of music but like it as a genre of music i do and so here we are <sighs> that was in the old days now getting a little bit more into uh, sort of uh, current events there came a point when i started working at a call center and most of you probably don't know what call center this is one or two of you, I suspect you do know. You kind of figured it out. I guess I wasn't as clever as I thought I was. But the rest of you probably don't know, and the way I see it, don't need to know. But those of you who know, yes, it was that call center, all right? Now, what happened was, uh, to call it a call center is a bit inaccurate because what I did, or at least what I ended up doing, was I took chats, right? And that was kind of my thing. I don't know why, but it was easier for me to to handle a bunch of different chats all at once, like, you know, eight, nine, 10, 12 different chats going all at once. For some reason, it was easier for me to do that than it was to take one call at a time. I don't know why. So anyway, but whatever happened, happened. And the beauty of chats is because of the fact that your, your ability to do your job is not necessarily dependent upon pin drop silence. Yeah, you can put on your headset and you can start listening to music and stuff, at, you know, while you work. And I'm not going to lie to you, it really makes the day go by a lot faster, right? And while I was working, I would usually have YouTube uh, pulled up because I just, I don't understand Spotify. It's not that, well, I say I don't, I understand it. I'm just saying I don't understand the allure of it. You know, this whole streaming, this online streaming fucking bullshit. I just, I don't get it. Okay. It's stupid. I don't like it, I will never like it, and I refuse to participate. That's probably the nicest way to say it. So when I would listen to stuff, I would listen to stuff on YouTube, and that usually was good enough for me. Now, 
here again, you know, the usual the usual run of things, right? Uh, there were a lot, believe me, a lot of REM albums that I was listening to. Um, Oasis, there was a lot of that. Uh, there were a lot of times when I kind of gravitated towards like really loud and uh, fast sort of thrash metal. Really liked that. Uh, that was that was good work music, as I've said. And, you know, I think at least one, I think it was the big book of the 70s, actually. There were there were times when I was listening to um, this one particular disco mix that this DJ girl uh, uh, loaded up onto uh, onto YouTube and whatnot. And then there were times when, again, you go off the beaten path a little bit. I was listening to classical music. And to tie it all back to what I was saying just a little while ago, <clears throat> post-rock, right? So explosions in the sky, Mogwai, this will destroy you, you know, stuff like that, right? But one of the one of the albums that I found on YouTube was from a band called Hammock, and the name of the album is Departure Songs, right? And I thought, well, you know, the the name like Hammock, you know, just as a name, Hammock. You know, I thought that's kind of a cool name for a band. You know, I I I just I dig that as as a name, you know, as a band name, right? And then the album uh, Departure Songs. Well, that's a kind of a cool name for an album, and it I forget how long it is now. It's basically, it's a double-disc album, right? And so I think it works out to like something like an hour and a half or something like that of, of music, right? Perfect for taking all of these different chats and whatnot. And, you know, then as now, I really do dig that album. You know, it's got a lot of different moods and uh, tempo changes. You know, there are, there's different kinds of instrumentation. You know, you get a fair amount of variety. I'd say with with uh, departure songs as an album, right? And so, whatever I bought it, you know, or I bought it, I bought into it. I listened to it. Is the point? And after my, I want to say it was probably like a week straight of listening to departure songs at work on YouTube. I thought, you know what? Fuck this. I mean, look, I've listened to this album so many times now. I have no idea who these hammock guys are, but I think it's probably just about time that. They start getting some money from me, right? So that night, because I was pretty sure I would never be able to find a hammock CD in Best Buy. I don't even know. Does Best Buy even sell CDs anymore? I mean, like, is that still a thing? I don't know. Write in and let me know, because I honestly, I don't have any idea about that. So anyway, so signed into iTunes, because that's apparently the thing to do. And so bought the album and just enjoyed it, you know? And I, I still somewhat continued in the file sharing scene, but if I had to put a thumbtack in the map and say, yeah, that's where it all started, it would be the summer of 2014, you know? And that's when things kind of started to turn for me a little bit, you know? And one of the things that I sort of came to realize is the simple fact of the matter, guys, is that when the music industry was dominated by CD sales, that was a shitty business model, okay? Um, I don't really care what some music business apologist has to say, if, assuming there are any out there, like some really big libertarian guy who thinks, you know, the free market should decide, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's just a fucking shitty business model. Always was, and nothing is ever going to change that. You know, but the thing about it is, it's not necessarily that MP3s were really all that much better. It's just that, 
society had changed, technology had changed, and I think there's even a, a pretty strong argument that people had changed. And I think that's one of the reasons why people embraced MP3s. It wasn't specifically that you can get a bunch of shit for free, although for some people I, I'm absolutely convinced that that was a big part of it. No, it's not that. It's that people wanted to, they wanted to take in their music in a different way. And CDs, once upon a time, they were great, but times change. And here we are. So just from a technological standpoint, I think that that's a huge part of the appeal of, of MP3s and file sharing and all that, all that fun stuff. But at the end of the day, and actually before I start getting going in, into the next section here, I just want to emphasize... Guys, again, triple underline this part. I'm not criticizing anyone. I'm not bashing anyone. I'm not being passive aggressive or rude. I don't mean any harm whatsoever, okay? But what I am saying is that although Scott Gardner and Chris Honeywell are undeniably the benefactors of Trennis Magnus Punch's reality as a going concern on the TTF network, you know, I don't I'm not on the same page with them when it comes to file sharing, right? Now, as I say, in their episode, they lay out a, uh, their episode about file sharing. They lay out uh, argument after argument after argument uh, about why, why it is that they're okay with file sharing, right? And guys, if you take nothing else away from this episode, the part I want you to be crystal clear about is that I cannot logically or factually refute a single thing that Gardner and Honeywell said in that entire episode, all right? They're right in all of their criticisms about Hollywood. They're right in all of their criticisms about uh, the movie uh, the, the movie industry and the music industry, TV, all that stuff, okay? They're right about all of those things, okay? So it's not even that I even disagree with them, you know? But at the end of the day, one of the things I've come to realize is I don't think that this is right, at least for me to do. All right. Now, what this all kind of boils down to is that I don't participate in file sharing anymore. And for the most part, I've gotten rid of all of the stuff that I obtained from file sharing. Now, I'm using a little bit of conditional language there because my opposition, let me rephrase that, my personal opposition to file sharing, there are contours to it. There are gradations to it. It's not absolute, right? Basically, the, the rule that I have for myself is that I need to buy this, okay? Now, I can buy the CD. That's fine. I can buy this thing on iTunes. That's fine. Or if I have um, an old cassette tape from ages and ages ago, you know, back when I actually bought cassette tapes when I was a little kid, you know, I can have, uh, I, I can have, uh, you know, I guess digital versions of that one. Um, let me think. Uh, just, you know, so on and so on, you know, stuff like that. Stuff that in theory I could have made based on things that were given to me or things that I bought or just whatever, things that I naturally own. I I don't mind having file shared copies of those things, right? So it's like take Pearl Jam's Versus album, right? Guys, I've got flack files of that on my hard drive right now. I never deleted those because I owned the CD for all those years. I bought it myself and at least in theory could have made 
those FLAC files myself, but I downloaded the FLAC files because I wanted somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing to, to make the FLAC files. But otherwise, all, all other things being equal, I could have made those FLAC files myself from my own CD, right? And so, you know, stuff like that, I've kept, right? Because from a legal standpoint, I have a legal right to have those things, you know, or here's another thing, stuff that was never commercially released in the first place. I don't know that there's even a law about that necessarily, but you know, from a moral standpoint, if you give me the option to buy it, I'll buy it. But until I have that option of buying it, fuck it, I'll get it from, well, BitTorrent, because that's where we get everything these days. So now, one of the things that I've kind of learned from all of this is that it's kind of hard to respect something that you get for free. I don't know why. There's something that happens when you get something for free that you don't really appreciate it quite as much. Or let, let me rephrase that. I don't appreciate it quite as much. And a good example of what I mean is actually just, and this was maybe the real genesis of this, of this episode, perhaps, but a couple of days ago, I decided, you know what, fuck it. Instead of buying just like onesie, twosie, uh, episodes of Star Trek, the original series on iTunes. I'm just going to buy all of season one. I'm just going to buy the whole thing, right? And so I did. And guys, I'm not going to lie to you. I've had the time of my life over the last couple of days watching those original series episodes and uh, just enjoying the acting and, and and the stories and getting into the music, you know, and and all of that stuff. And this is a listening pleasure I honestly don't think I would have, at least not to the same degree, if I, if, if I just pirated, pirated these episodes, right? And <clears throat> again, this is not to be seen necessarily as like condemnation on, on anybody else. I'm not trying to heap scorn on anybody. I'm just saying that I at least appreciate Star Trek, the original series season one, a lot more now that I've downloaded those, um, uh, downloaded that season out of iTunes, right? Basically bought it off of iTunes. And it's, it's just, it's just put a different frame on things for me, you know? And I don't know what it is. In fact, I don't even know if I'm right, you know, because it almost seems like, I don't want to go so far as to say that I know I'm talking out my ass here, but it's, I, I'm a little bit reluctant to say that the experience I've had of enjoying things more after I pay money for them. I don't want to say that that necessarily applies to everybody else, always, everywhere, absolutely, with no exceptions, period, end of story. But it just does seem to be kind of generally true, you know? And right now, some of you might be thinking, but Magnus, but Magnus, you can log into Netflix anytime you want and watch Star Trek, the original series. So why are you buying it? Well, I'll tell you why I bought it. The reason I bought it is because, who knows? For all I know, guys, tomorrow, uh, some kind of fucking deal or something might fall through with on uh, Paramount's side. And next thing you know, all the Star Trek uh, goodness that's on Netflix right now is going to go away. It could happen. I'm not here. Uh, I'm not prepared uh, to say that, you know, it's completely impossible. There's no chance of it ever happening. I want to be able to watch Star Trek whenever the hell I want, right? I want to be able to just open up iTunes and uh, just spin through a couple of episodes. You know, maybe that's what I feel like doing on a Friday night. Oops, it's gone from Netflix, so tough shit. No, I don't want to be in that position. So now, at least with season one, 
No one can take it away from me. It's in, it's in my iTunes. It's always going to be there. I can watch it anytime I want. It's always going to be there. So the other thing is, guys, I wanted to kind of save this for last because I know quite a few of you are not going to uh, agree with me. But if I'm going to explain one of the reasons why I'm personally, not necessarily absolutely, but at least for myself, I'm personally opposed to participating in file sharing most of the time. Again, you know, uh, I know that a lot of you won't agree with me on this. And if the idea of some uh, of listening to me talk about anything to do with religion is going to be upsetting for you, well, I think I've said the great majority of what I've said uh, about my opposition to file sharing up to now. So you've pretty much heard like the most, what I think to be uh, the most obvious and important non-religious reasons for it. So if you don't want to listen to me talk about religion, well, now's the perfect time to listen to something else, I guess. But basically, for those of you who don't know, I wouldn't normally mention something like this on my show because what I talk about is comics, movies, and TV shows. I don't talk a whole lot about religion unless for some reason it becomes relevant to the subject at hand. And I think you know, yeah, it's pretty relevant, at least to this particular subject. For those of you who don't know, I joined the Catholic Church. Uh, this was a couple of years ago, and I haven't really talked a whole lot about it in public for all the reasons I've just said, but there it goes, right? And one of the things that the Catholic Church is very clear about is, and actually maybe not so clear, because I ended up having to kind of do a little bit of detective work and figure this out for myself, but whatever, they're clear enough that file sharing in the way that I used to do it is a pretty uh, clear-cut example of theft. You're stealing, right? And the way that they look at it is if the law were to see what what you have on your computer and they were and and they would accuse you of some kind of theft, then as far as the church is concerned, that's theft. And so that was another reason for getting rid of everything. Now, I ended up, for those of you who might find this little anecdote amusing, I actually did end up one time sitting down with uh, my priest and uh, basically just trying to figure out, like, what are the contours to this, right? Because, I, I mean, you know, don't mistake me for an attorney or anything, but I happen to know that United States law allows people to uh, go on to BitTorrent and download albums that they already own, whether you bought it from iTunes or if you bought it uh, on a CD or vinyl or just or whatever you've got, uh, you know, copyright law will allow you to do that. And so where does the church come come down on that? And for those of you who are curious, basically the church is going to, obviously when it comes to, you know, file sharing and whatnot, they're, they're basically going to submit to the law, you know, the, the governing authorities on this. If the governing authorities say that file sharing is legal, actually, I still think the Catholic Church may have issues with it, but if they say that, if they have uh, basically uh, clauses in the law that say, well, if you own if, if you own the CD, then yeah, feel free to download it because that's fair use. So basically, they're coming down with, with the law, at least on this. And so that's why I don't have really a whole lot of uh, hesitation about downloading stuff that I bought once already, but guys, who owns CDs anymore? You know, I mean, 
Uh, my brother gave me this big CD notebook. Uh, it was basically something that back when he and I used to live together, somehow my CD notebook ended up in his possession and he gave it back to me. It, like, it ended up in his possession, like I say, when we lived together. This was like like 15 years ago or something like that. He and I had a, 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 an apartment together. And then when, when we went our separate ways, somehow he ended up with my CD notebook. And so I'd say it was probably like a year ago or something like that. Uh, he gave the CD notebook back to me. And that's the only reason I have any CDs of my own in this house, guys. It's, it's because uh, my brother, he just happened to have it, you know? This old ancient CD notebook. And so, otherwise, you know, it's, you know... This is just isn't something that most people have around anymore, is the point. So, but like I say, that's, you know, basically wanting to stay religiously uh, in the clear as much as I can. That's why, right? That's, or that's not the only reason. I mean, ultimately, guys, there, I just, I don't think this is the right thing to do anymore. And part of the reason I don't think that this is the right thing to do anymore, just to kind of move away from the idea of, you know, religion and whatnot. As I said a little while ago, guys, we have options now, okay? You can get SiriusXM and listen to CD quality, as if that's the benchmark of anything anymore. Listen to CD quality music literally anywhere, anywhere in the world, right? All through your, your, uh, your Sirius, right? Or you can listen to Spotify, or you can, you can, uh, you can get stuff uh, through YouTube and stuff like that, you know, and there are all these different, for lack of a better way of saying it, streaming services that as useless as I may find most of them, people really do seem to enjoy them. There does seem to be some practical benefit that other people see that I just don't. And there you go. And so I'm actually to the point now where I kind of think that, you know, this idea of blindly downloading a bunch of bullshit, I don't, I just don't think it really makes sense anymore. I mean, look back in like 2003 when there really wasn't YouTube or anything like that or, or there wasn't a Spotify or or whatnot for people to listen to you know if you wanted to preview something before you buy it pretty much your only option was was uh, file sharing was BitTorrents and stuff like that you know but here again the world has changed right and this isn't something that I need to do anymore if I'm curious about how something sounds it's all on YouTube guys I can go there and just by virtue of the fact that it's on YouTube it's obviously complying with the law in some way or another the right people are getting paid put it that way and I can listen to it or watch part of it or just whatever and find out everything that I need to know is this something that's actually worth buying and if the answer is yes as it was with uh, departure songs that album by hammock that that i bought and just fucking adore well now i can go out and make an informed consumer choice and i can do it without even coming close now to illegal file downloads and so all of this is basically my way of saying that's why i'm out i don't do file sharing anymore like if i remember like some obscure cd i had when i was I don't know, like 13 or something like that, some CD that just, I, I just don't have anymore, and I have, I mean, I, I bought the damn thing once, why, you know, why should I pay money for it again? Well, here again, I can just, I can get that, 
through, you know, a BitTorrent or something, and that's not breaking the law. That's okay. That's permissible. But, you know, it's just, we, there are so many ways now of previewing stuff before you buy it. I don't think it's ethically permissible, at least for me anymore, to download as a substitute for buying. And that's why I just don't do it anymore. So, anyway, getting kind of rambly here in this this episode has actually gone a lot longer than I planned to, but again, just in the just in the way of a disclaimer. Again, I'm not criticizing anybody. Certainly, I'm I'm not criticizing uh, the the hosts of Two True Freaks. I'm not criticizing Chris and Scott. I consider them to be friends. They've given me well, first off, they've given me friendship, but they've also given me a a place on their network, even though they don't owe me jack shit. Okay. They don't know me from anybody. I've never met Scott. I've never met Chris. They have no reason to do that. But Chris regularly appears on my show. And Scott allows me to be on his his network. So the last thing I'd ever want to do is anything to upset or offend them. But even more broadly than that, I'm not trying to insult anybody else. I'm just trying to explain why it is that I don't think I'm, I'm making a mistake here in backing away from all this file sharing hoopla, right? Maybe once upon a time you could justify it in some way or another. I can't do that anymore. So anyway, but that's not looking down my nose or being preachy, moralistic, judgmental, or any of that other bullshit. I'm just explaining this is why I'm not doing it. So anyway. So I think that's pretty much it for me uh, this time around. So bye, everybody. I'll see you in the next episode of Trinus Magnus Punches Reality. See you then.
everybody, Magnus here. At Trennis Magnus Punches Reality, I talk about comics, movies, and TV shows. But mostly it's comics. And starting in February 2018, I'm launching a mega series that's all about Batman comics. And right now, you're probably saying, but Magnus, but Magnus, does this have anything to do with that new Batman movie that may or may not be coming soon? Why, yes. Yes, it does. I plan to talk about a crapload of Batman comics, and I want you riding along in the Batmobile with me. This is the Caped Crusades, a 24-part mega-series all about Batman comics that have meant a lot to me for a lot of years now. And as I work through all of that, I'll also talk about what I personally consider to be Batman's series finale. All that and more is part of the Caped Crusades, a 24-part Trennis Magnus Punches Reality mega-series. Be there in February 2018. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality can be found at 2TrueFreaks.com as well as iTunes.